Alright everybody, what is going on? Hello, hello, hello. Listeners, audience of the Into the Waves podcast. Man, I just want to say we love you guys right off the bat, just straight off. It might sound weird, but I don't know. I just have to say we love you guys. Thank you so much for being here, for deciding to take some time out of your day to join us here on this podcast. I know that maybe there's a lot of things going off around in the world, but I'm just happy to be here today, man. I don't know about you. How are you doing today, my co-host, Roberto? Very good, Sam. Very, I'm very excited. For me, uh, the time we record this podcast is very special. Um, you just said we love you. but It might sound like... Ah, sound weird. You guys like, think cheesy. Yeah, but I don't think so. I don't believe that because we really uh, take the time uh, devote ourselves, uh, not just in this hour, 45 minutes, two hours, but we really dive into really bring the context because we do it because we love God and we really love our calling. And most of all, I think we love this book, yeah. Our Companion, and the good time, bad times, joyful, you know, summer, <laughs> winter. You know, that's kind of like for us, is this, that's what we're using this platform. So, yes, definitely, we, we love you guys, and I hope you guys are doing good. I know there is a lot of things going on in the world, but remember that we have overcome. Yeah, especially, you know, in the times that we're going through, just, you know, even, you know, our, our, something that um, our lead pastor now uh, said in one of his of uh, sermons, Pastor Felipe, shout out Pastor Felipe, love you, man. He said, you must be honest with everyone, mm-hmm. but be vulnerable with few. Mm, that's good. And, you know, with this podcast, I don't know who's listening to this podcast. I don't know if you're listening from California, from where we're at, or if you're listening from Mississippi, or if you're listening from, I don't know, Malaysia, if you're listening from... I don't know, Singapore, Taiwan, wherever you might be, I don't know. But the reality is that we're called to live a life where we share it with people. Not, you know, Pastor Felipe says it this way, be honest with everyone, but be vulnerable with few. But the reality is we live in a world where not many people live an honest life, you mm. know, like, or not that they don't live an honest life because I'm the last person to, you know, point a finger or judge. But I, what I mean by honest is like, How many people, you've heard the expression perhaps of like, you wear your heart on your sleeve. I don't know if you've heard that expression before. No? Not not in the popular way, but. Yeah, I mean, you're Latino, so maybe there's a whole other form to say it. Yes. But what it means when you wear your heart on your sleeve, like that basically means you go up to someone, you look at them and you could tell how they're feeling. You could Mm. tell whether they're happy, whether they're sad, like they're just a genuine person that's what that expression means. Nowadays, it's so common to go walking around with the mask, you know? Like, Definitely. even in my life, there's been seasons where I've walked on with a very thick mask, something covering, hiding, whatever sort of internal pain or whatever might things everyone goes through. But there's been seasons in my life where I've walked with that, with that mask on, you know? I've been wearing an Iron Man helmet even <laughs> of how how protected or how clouded yeah. I am that might be, you know, like, but the reality is that we're called to live a life of freedom, mm-hmm. you know, like it, not to get too uh, mystical or hyper spiritual. But the reality is, is that 
what what this book does here, you know, one time I heard it described as the B-I-B-L-E. It's basic instructions before leaving Earth. It's like, kind of like a cheesy acronym, but the reality is that what this book allows us to do is see people who live the lifestyle, see people who walked a certain way, and ultimately, one specific person is who we're directly pointed to throughout this entire book. It's funny because the scripture, again, not to get too mystical, but it says that in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh. That word becoming flesh sounds crazy. Like you'd think, oh my gosh. Very, very mystical. Very weird. Definitely, yes. But the reality is that 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 word becoming flesh was a simple guy from a town called Nazareth who was born in Bethlehem. His parents were Mary and Joseph. He worked as a carpenter, and his name was Jesus. He's the one who became flesh. Yes, he's the one. And that's what this book is. It's essentially an extension of him still here today. You know, we know that in our faith, what we believe is that Jesus went to a cross and he died for our sins. He gave his life for us. Can you imagine that? Like, maybe it might be someone's first time hearing that, that, that someone died for them. That's pretty deep. Like, Especially in the times we live in, that we so much we, death. What, yeah, what in the times that we live in, that we see killing. As a matter of fact, we just uh, uh, celebrate the Fourth of July, and uh, that day some was a shooting. I don't know. Yeah, if there you, was uh, was a at shooting. a parade. Yeah, the parade. So yeah. it's kind of like you know, but Jesus dying for you, for I, for you know the the one you're listening. Sometimes it's kind of like weird, you know. I said, yeah, hmm, it's weird. Why, why he have to die? You know why? He had a reason, and that's and that's funny what you said about the mask. And I think um, we just recently, you know, we went to a two years um, with the pandemic wearing the mask, mm. um, and not just probably in the physical way that you know we wear the mask to protect you know ourselves against the virus, but sometimes we put a mask to protect from mm. things that are coming. Like even, like, sorry, go ahead, my bad. Yeah, so that's kind of like, for me, the way I see it, is that, yeah, we, you know, th- we don't have any more mandatory law. But yet you still see people wearing yes. masks. Yes. And I yes. think to the point you're making, it's funny because, like, I go to the gym, right? And mm-hmm. I see people, Yes. Ev- most people, I don't know, let's say maybe seven out of ten people, since masks are mandatory anymore, they're not wearing a mask. Yes. But then you look at the people who are wearing masks and, and you and you start to see their behavior and you start to notice what, what they do. The reality is that uh, two things that I've noticed, either they're wearing a mask for two reasons. They're probably a little bit not the best looking person or they're a little <laughs> bit ugly. And, you know, the mask, yeah. they find comfort. Yes. They can hide That's behind correct. the mask. That's the first one I've seen. Or the second is they're so filled with fear or like so much paranoia against this virus that they can't see that they're obsessed with the mask like it's like their savior like the mask is the only thing saving them so like you know when we're talking about masks that we put on in our life it most likely can manifest in the form of a survival mechanism you 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 might not even realize it but you've been walking for a mask for 20 years because of perhaps the way you've been living your life that's your childhood and you're either hiding behind it but you might not even know. You might just be doing it to do it. Like these people who wear the masks, they were told to put on the mask. 
the reality is, again, not to get controversial, but how effective these masks really are at preventing the virus, who knows? Reality is, if you're not wearing them properly, they said that if you don't have the N95s, that they're really not that effective. So you see people kind of wearing masks just to wear them almost, and, you know, not to sound controversial or anything, but it's the truth. Oh, no, definitely. You know, we we really uh, respect the laws and we encourage you to, you know, if you are not kind of like any, you know, in, in a healthy condition, you know, you, you need to protect yourself, right? That, that's, there is no question about it. But that's not what we're talking you see, about. So, yeah. No, we're not talking about what we're talking about is that you just said it. You you become so accustomed right. to that mask that now what it does is that what would you would you just explain, you know, the way you see it? In my in my personal experience when I see people with masks, it's like they look at they look at me because I'm not wearing a mask. Okay. And now I feel kinda like rejected. I feel kinda like do not get close to me. Mm. And that's kind of like a sense wherever you go. Right. And I don't think God, you know, uh, designed us to live that way. Right. Because God designed us to to have a community, to really, you know, have that, what you just said, you know, be vulnerable. And that person perhaps is unaware to the effect that the mask is having on other people. To you, as someone who doesn't wear a mask, you're like, oh, snap, I shouldn't get close to that person so you create a separation. Not only does the mask, you might be hiding something, but now to the world around you, you're sending them a message. Yes. Don't get close to me. Yes. That's deep. So a lot of people live that way. You know, they have, you know, their mask for many, many years. And the only thing they have done is push people away. And that's kind of like, you know, when we started the podcast, you know, sometimes you know, we don't see ourselves like honest people, mm. kind of like fake. And we were talking. Yeah, we were a lot. You know, kind of like, you know, our podcast that, you know, we in the Bay Area, Bay Area we were kind of, you know, people know when you're fake. Right. You know? And that so, term is such a common term nowadays. And, and, like, and, you know, we are in the Bay Area for the people that listen maybe in New York and Miami, but we are from the Bay a, Area. It's a pretty universal term to be to call someone, hey, you're fake. Like, how? Like if someone is labeled as fake, it's a, it's a pretty universal term. But here in the Bay Area, that's a culture that is constantly like called out. Like it, there's here you'll get called out for being fake. Yeah. Maybe in other states, people are nicer. You know, like Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee, everyone's really nice there. But, you know, to that point. And that's kind of like a challenge. Even I was, you know, talking to you for me, that's a challenge. Right. Because I don't want to be labeled like that. I don't want to be called. Like that, I don't want to. You know, people see me that you know, I'm a fake guy. Right. You know, that's kind of like for for us. It's you know, it's a challenge, especially the times we're living. That if we're able to be you know transparent, we're able to be honest, and we go through some stuff. I as a, as a pa, as a dad, I go to you know some hardships. Right. Um, as a pastor, um, as a leader, even as a man, I still going through things that. I, I kind of like need help, <laughs> you know that? And the reality is that, you know, you as a as a person, like if no one's ever told this to you before, but the reality is you're not designed to live in fear, nor are you designed to live in bondage. That That's just the reality. Like the human was designed with this very unique aspect to them called free will. Yeah. It's even in that name, free. You were designed to be free. It's not... 
not religious, not anything, but the reality is that the human, their design was to be free. And the reality is that many times we allow ourselves through whatever it may be to, by putting on these masks, by allowing these things to come to ultimately put, we put this bondage on ourselves, and we allow ourselves to become, you know, tied down, chained up. But the reality is that the Bible, again, you know, our companion right here says that there is one thing that sets you free and it's the truth. It says that the truth sets you free. free. So if you want to live in freedom, you need to be confronted with the truth. And it's not easy. It's, again, it's a struggle that we go through on a day-to-day basis. I'm sitting here telling you guys that I we get confronted for these things all the time. You know, you as an older person, do you get confronted or do the problems go away? No, no. It's, 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 it's everyday thing. It's a, day, you know? you, it's you, a daily you thing. You deal with things that, you know, it's... For me, for me, maybe it would be different from you because you're a young man. I'm a, you know, old guy, but we all, we all, you know, deal with this stuff. And at the end of the day, it's like I was kind of laughing myself in, in the background, kind of like so, because when we start the pandemic, people start doing some masks, mm. different color, different shapes. Mm-hmm. I mean, like styles, <laughs> style. businesses I mean, were like, launched. It, yes, yes. So, you know, it's kind of like a, a culture that we're living in, you know, that's, that's, that's why kind of like we have different type of colors, different type of problems, different, different type of circumstances, but at the end of the day, how do you want to live it? How do you want to fulfill your purpose? And the truth is that every, you know, you're saying everyone has different colors, different flavors, different styles of things that they're going through life. But the reality is that all of us have the same blood. Yes. Yes. None of us are like aliens from another planet and our DNA is altered. At the end of the day, our molecular structure for all 8.5 billion people living on this planet is identical. You know, and when I grew up and there was a science teacher who said this, we are unique. We are extremely unique, just like everybody else. Mm. You you get that expression? Yes, 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 yes. You're unique. Yeah. Right? but you're just like everybody else. Yeah. You're a human. Yes. And, and the reality is yep. that we can all identify with those common things. And the reality is that as a human, you were designed to live in free. And we encourage you guys to, you know, something that I, this is a concept that's new to me and, you know, maybe it, it might benefit you. But in my culture, growing up, like as someone who was predominantly, obviously, my community what, is what Latino, you, what, what, right? But what would you say? Because, I mean, you're not 100% Latino. No. I mean, you're, you know, biological, obviously, you have the blood. Through my parents, yeah, yeah and heritage. But you grew up, you know, here in the Bay Area. So what can you, what would you say that you are really? That That's why I'm saying, you know, like this cultural phenomenon that, it's not a phenomenon. It's it's something that you any human just open up your eyes a little bit and you'll see this. I think it's a systemic problem that does have to do with your culture and your upbringing. Because okay. like in this case, for example, for me, my upbringing was predominantly surrounded by a Latino community in many, many aspects. I went to a Spanish immersion school. I went all through elementary my family, what I, my first language that I spoke was Spanish. And so 
you know, reality is that regardless of what culture you grow up in, you know, there is a group of people which in society are defined as the minority, a group, oh, okay, uh, you know, yes. group groups of minorities. Yes, yes. Um, obviously, not to get controversial, it's simply a, a majority and a majority yeah. is not a good or a bad thing. It's simply a percentages thing. And so in this case, the minority here in the United States is defined by those people living more than anything, I believe that it's not even a majority, a minority of race, but I think it, it's it's often manifested more by socioeconomic status. Mm, and okay. so in this case, you know. So the financial status. Yes. What they say. Yes. Because the high class, the middle class, the low class. Even though you still see the same problems mm -hmm. in those different categorizations, yeah. like you. The, the concept of having masks or wearing masks, you can find it whether you're rich or whether yeah. you're poor. That doesn't matter. But I think the way in which you deal with the process of unmasking mm. and how healthy that process is versus how unhealthy it is versus the environment that you're living in. For example, let's just be extremely specific for myself. I grew up, again, in the example of a Latino community. These concepts of within the community For example, concepts of machismo, mm -hmm. concepts of the traditional role of a man and a woman, these societal things that apply to my culture were concepts that were being constantly modeled in front of me. Many of my friends, many of even adults that I knew as a kid, like because of my community, I could see those systems perpetuated. In other words, mm. I learned how to build my mask what materials I needed because I could see the masks on everybody else. So it was not just the way you were living, but the people are, that you were surrounded. The lifestyles. You, yeah, you were able to see. Correct. Because the mask, again, you know, you can think of it as a physical, something yeah, that you put yeah, on, but more yeah. than anything, it's a masked lifestyle. It's, it's what you choose to do mm. and how you act is how people perceive you. So how you carry yourself, what you do, how you speak, what movies you watch, what music you listen to, those types of things ultimately define and comprise the materials of your mask, right? In the pandemic, we saw bandanas, N95, yeah. different types of masks. <laughs> yeah. it but shapes. The, It shapes you, yeah. in other yeah, words. Yes. But I think that certain cultures are better at helping, you know, their generations or the younger generations wow. unmask themselves there's wow. more support for it uh it's more encouraged like um you know just for example for me growing up i know that a lot of us in our culture that we live in now mental health is something that is so commonly spoken of yeah. but i'll be honest the reality i didn't hear about mental health until the day i walked into high school and i was maybe like a junior and that's what 15 16 by that time i have lived so much life where i've never been And at any point checked into my mental health. So I lived and developed 17 years building habits, forming patterns, doing certain lifestyles. Uh, and that the concept of, oh, I should take care of my mental health. I yeah. should check into my Definitely. I never thought about that. Oh, wow. Right? Because it's not something that was modeled mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. And so like we just encourage you guys, you know, our listeners to expose yourself to different mindsets. Expose yourself to groups of people that you look up to people that you're like, hey, man, you know what? That person looks like they're doing it right. And maybe they're not like me. Maybe they don't look like me. Maybe they don't even talk like me. But I'm interested in them. 
I'm curious to see how their lifestyle is and why it looks like they're living in freedom. You know, and, and I think that I'm grateful for this season that, that I'm walking into right now, especially like um, in the community that I find myself in. Shout out my church, Echo Church. I always shout them out. But if you guys are looking for a church here in the Bay Area, pull up. We have a bunch of different campuses. Look us up on Google Maps. But no, like being in a community for so long, I thought I was in a community. Mm, okay. Right. You know, like elementary school yeah, whatever yeah. it might be like let's say like the normal everybody's going to identify that yeah everyone can identify yeah. with you going to school yeah. who your friends were um in this case you know for people like us who we are in faith circles uh -huh. maybe it's your church yes your group of friends from church that you guys all hung out together growing up there's a quote out there that says that you are the sum of the five people who you surround yourself with the most mm. and so the reality well. is that If you're not surrounding yourself with people who think differently than you, who perhaps the reality is are stronger than you, like that's a hard thing yeah, to admit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe many times here we're taking off our mask here. You know, you know, you know what? <laughs> I mean, this topic, uh, I, it I might hope, make people uncomfortable. Yeah, let's be real. Yeah, but you know what? Um, it's good. And I want you guys to know that we didn't plan. To really <laughs> we don't kind of like, spontaneous uh, like you know bring that it, it but you know what it's, it's a huge huge topic what we're talking about especially because when we are shaped by your community and when we are shaped by the way we grew up and the people we were surrounded that's that's a very that's a, a, a lot of things that that really kind of like if we start diving in we're gonna find some good things and bad things but to go back to kind of what i was saying mm -hmm. there is that like oftentimes you know you might grow up in an environment and then you're confronted with life life mm -hmm. shows up yeah yeah life shows up real well, life because life doesn't life doesn't wear a mask you know would you say that you were confronted that what you were living was a lie you could say that too but this is what i'm trying to get to when you live your whole life wearing a mask your perception of the world is very, very limited because a mask doesn't allow you to yes. see properly. So then when you're confronted with wow. life... That's good. That's good. When you're confronted with, yes. the, with, in other words, reality, because you've been living behind a mask, you've formed your own definition of yes, reality. Yes, yes. You've justified certain actions, whatever it might be. You've allowed certain things to be a part of your mask so that when life hits you, In other words, you might not, let, let's say, okay, yeah, you are lying to yourself, sure. But maybe it's not that you're lying to yourself, but you've just developed these mechanisms of survival that don't allow you to see, aka you've been blinded to what reality really yeah. is. So let's say you grow up and then all of a sudden you get hit with life, life hits you. You get in a car crash, a family member dies, you go through a divorce, your whatever it might be you have mental health breakdown yes. you start mm -hmm. relapsing into drugs whatever it may be you're hit with life because you've been wearing a mask for so long this is a whole new experience it is you're confronted <laughs> with you're like you're disoriented but the reality is that god is calling us to that god is 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 ultimately and again it's not to sound mystical but the reality is that we were designed to live in freedom And it's not until you can live without a mask 
that you can take it off and simply show who you are. Again, I talked about wearing your heart mm-hmm. on your sleeve. It's not until you can truly live a life where you're so in love with who you are, you're so restored, you're so the word confident, you know, you know who you are in your identity that you don't need to wear a mask. You go out through life and when life comes and is ready to face you, you're able to adjust and you're able to face it because you're no longer blinded by the mask that you once wore. Now you're using your eyes and you can see the threat coming and you're able to adjust accordingly. You know? Oh, that's good. I, I, I like the way you really picture it because it's, it's, it's a reality. And you know what? Let me give you the good news. You, you know, we, I'm all, we can have people, 60s, 70s, wearing their mask. Well, it's, it's not like, you know, you're young or no. You just said it. It's a universal problem. Yes. Even that's a matter of your marriage. Even if it's a matter if you're single. Even that's, you, if you still have that mask, you can, you know, live your life in fear and bondage, not seeing the really picture that is ahead of you. It's a big topic. Because check it out, you know, like we've been going on this concept of the Bible as a companion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one thing that when you're wearing a mask, you mentioned how you don't wear a mask, right? Like yeah, me, yeah, I, I'm, uh, a, I'm a no masker. I'll say it straight up. <laughs> but the um, reality um. is, the re- you wear masks still? I don't. I don't, I, I don't know when was the last time. Anyways, side tangent. But the people wearing the masks, they don't know what they look like. It's it's they don't know what they look like. They just see us not wearing masks, and it causes something yes, in there. Yes. AKA that's known as a reflection. It, it it's not until you are presented with a mirror or until you see something that doesn't look like you that you are caused to question mm. it. Right? Because let's say a year ago. When all of us were wearing masks, it was normal. We wouldn't have been talking about this. We no. wouldn't have even correlated the these little metaphors that we're using. Yeah. We would have been okay with it because the reality is everyone is wearing the mask. But it's not until you're confronted with something that looks different. The reality is that this Bible right here that I have in front of me is a mirror. Yes. It's something that allows me to see mm. something that's not like me. And in other words, the word allows me to be confronted yes because it's a reflection into ourselves mm-hmm. and these past you know this couple episodes we've been touching in the book of psalms and we've been seeing a really really good um mirror a perfect reflection uh someone that we can look in the mirror and be like yeah i could relate with david i can identify with him i look like david my reflection is very similar That's what we've been using within this, you know, the kind of the approach. But the reality is that every single episode, we've seen how David transitions his mindset. In other words, in the book of Psalms, we were talking about this off podcast, but think about it this way, right? The Psalms are essentially the most intimate thoughts of a king. Mm, Yes, yes. They are the things that, someone who is in charge of one of the most powerful, most successful kingdoms throughout the entire history of the world, known as the kingdom of Israel, Definitely, yes. King David. King David. These are his most intimate thoughts. 
In other words, these are his reflections. They're, they're what he's, they're him looking at himself in the mirror. Because think about it, he's a king. If someone came up to him and said, uh, hey, David, um, I think that when you attacked Persia, you, you might have should have done this and should have done that. King David was like, who do you think you are, bro? <laughs> yeah. But what we see here in Psalms, he's exposing his weaknesses. Yes. You know, it, it's his most fragile thoughts, his most intimate thoughts. Think about it. A king, he's someone who had to have everything figured out. He's someone who needed to lead the people. He's someone who, when you looked at the king, they were designed to inspire you with power, with hope, and you have a strong king. It was the figure of a strong nation. Yes. But here we see that in the middle of all of that, this king, the way he's speaking. Last week, the first week, we were talking about Psalm 23, and we, we dived into the, how in, we, David was confronted with this feeling of fear, this, this emotion that is so, so common to every single human on the face of the earth, yet he's a king. And he's writing about it in his journal, in his diary. And, and we've talked about this a couple episodes. These are like him and his pen and paper in his notebook. So the reality is that, sorry, go ahead. And these, these um, like, you know, the diary, the um, writings, those were like a turn it into a song, right? Because Psalms is essentially it's, King David was a psalmist he, he, is someone yes. who and if you was look a at musician he was a musician uh -huh. we know that when we studied him you guys got to go yeah, check out yeah, season yeah. one of the podcast we know that he was a very skilled musician mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in his ability with specifically the lyre the harp yeah. which was a stringed instrument and so we see that right yes. like that david is using this form of communication because it's what he knows it, it's a format that's not new to him he's a king writing the book of psalms because he probably spent years writing psalms when he was in yes. taking care of the in sheep the, in the desert you know it's a chipper boy me as an artist i can identify with this you know maybe some of my people listening out here you guys are musicians you guys are artists and if you work you know if it's something you've been in love with from a for a very long time you can go on your phone or you can go on your computer and find old recordings or like old lyrics that you wrote like I go back all the time into my iPhone and I read stuff that I wrote when I was like 16, 15, mm -hmm. 17, like little voice memos. Yes. It's familiar to me. It's the same thing here with David. Yes. So when we read Psalms, the reason why, we, why we've chosen to branch off into, because this is a very, very interesting season, right? The Bible as a companion, it's like, what the heck? Like, what are we, what are we really doing here? This is a good like reference because we're reading the personal reflections of a man and we can understand and we can connect with it. And so that, that's kind of what the, we wanted you guys to keep that in the back of your mind as we go through the entire rest of the season. And we're kind of bringing this, this little sort of deep dive into the Psalms into a close. Um, next week, we're going to be branching off into perhaps a little bit of a different direction. We'll okay. keep that surprise for you guys coming um, be ready for that as we continue season three of the Into the Waves podcast. By the way, this is episode 23, y'all. Wow. <laughs> this is, we're deep in this thing. You know, uh, personally, I think this is, this season is one of, going to be one of my favorites because this is very kind of like, you know, when, when you talk to me about the, the way that the Bible as a companion, 
I can literally see how David what with his companion. Exactly. Wow, that's that, that I'm still kind of like very every time I read the the Psalms I see wow how he depend in in God's word. That's kind of like, you know, wow. what, what we're trying to explain yes, here that yes, yes. this is a Bible. Yes. Physically to you and yeah, I yeah, yeah. here in 2022. Yes. But before it ever had Psalm 53 2, uh-huh. before it ever had Psalm 91, Organized it was simply the journal of a king. Mm. The same way you see me here carrying my yeah, little that, iPad yes. around or how I talked about having my notes on yeah. my phone. That's what we're trying to, that's what I'm trying to share with you guys here that these Psalms were David's companions. Yes. They were his most intimate thoughts. His, th- this, he, he didn't call it a Bible. No, no, you get what no, I'm saying. No, no, like, no, no, no. To him, yeah. there was no Bible back no. then. So that's kind of like as we t- continue to embark into this season. If you don't even want to label it the Bible, don't. Yeah. Because the reality is that this is this is a friend. This is something that is like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast is alive. And so we're gonna continue to dive into that this week specifically. We're gonna be branching off with a psalm that's very interesting to me. Um, mainly because of the context in which it takes place. And that is Psalm 55 that we're going to be using today as our guiding. Eh, You know, again, you don't need to call it the Bible if you don't want it to, but I'm going to call it the Bible, the basic instructions before leaving earth. So we're diving into Psalm 55 today. And before we even get into it, I think it's really, really important to talk about the context of what David was was going through during the time again we spent a couple minutes here talking about how these were his most intimate thoughts these were his reflections so let you know you kind of ask yourself why does david say some of the things he says especially today as we read psalm 55 i'll just listen i'll just list off a couple of the verses here i'm going to read verses one and maybe a little bit of two and three it says listen to my prayer oh god do not ignore my plea hear me and answer me. In other words, here we see that David is about to go into a plea. He's about to go into, he's reaching out to God. He's crying out to him, as we've talked about many times before. It's it's a common theme in the life of David that he was someone who was constantly, constantly seeking out God. And the reality is that this this here within the categorization of psalms there's different types of psalms and this one is considered what they call a lament you know what the word yes. lament yeah. is what does the word lament mean well when you're uh, from your heart it's more than just a normal prayer this it's it's very intensive but what emotion is typically associated yeah, with cry, lament you cry you scream sadness you're, you're so desperate anger yes anger fear fear because insecure it's it's a it's a very, little bit deep yes very deep. it's not just like oh man i'm, I'm having a bad day and i'm no, crying no. It, it, it's deeper very than intense. that it's you're so afflicted How, i don't know if any of you guys can identify with that maybe you've gone through times in your life where you're just like Whew. there's an expression that says i'm between a rock and a hard place but the reality is there's times where we feel like the sword is at our throat where we feel like man Someone come and just pull the trigger now. The reality is of that. I don't know if you as as an adult, as a minister, you've ever gone through many, many periods time, like that. Many times that sometimes, especially in this type of uh, psalm, sometimes you have no word. There mm. is 
you just speechless. Wow. Oh, yes, speechless because your soul is so um, turmoil, uh, oppressed. I mean, you feel like you're about to die. Pretty much, that's what it is. You you experience it, death. And just kind of experience to bring you guys into a little bit of what David was experiencing when he wrote this psalm. It's, you know, he was going through a very interesting time. He was threatened not only by factors externally, uh, if you read a little bit of Psalm 59, so like kind of moving forward, because the psalm is not, the psalms aren't ordered chronologically. They kind of jump around in yeah. their timeline and their periods, but it, it is believed by theologians that the context of Psalm 55 takes place during a period where David was under attack by a very, very powerful conspiracy against him, against his integrity, against his identity, against his posture as a king. But it was being done by someone very close to him. It was one of his most intimate friends, one of his most intimate counselors. Theologians speculate that it was coming out of the period of when Absalom was pursuing him, which okay. is a deep, deep concept within um, church culture and history which we won't go into right now that's no. definitely a topic for another episode but maybe you can touch on but, it briefly but, but uh for the for our listeners yes, yes. uh you know we, we absalom what uh david's uh, son so for him uh being in, in in the fight being in this with his own son can you imagine so you know so the listener would say who was absalom what why was david so what was his it was his son it was someone Again, like theologians speculate that it was coming off of the time that he had, because mm -hmm. you know the story of Absalom is similar to this, the context of this psalm where his son essentially painted a very ugly picture of his dad, which caused a big divide mm -hmm. in the kingdom, and it caused a lot of pain to David's life. Which, if you go and read the story. I think it's in First, Second Sam, uh, Second Sam, or First Samuel, where you can go and understand everything that happened there. But it says that the context of Psalm fifty-five, they speculate, is a very similar situation. There's a deep conspiracy against David, and that's leading the city to be in turmoil. It's divided. There's danger going around. There's uncertainty as to who can be trusted. It's a very, very. In other words, you can see that. David is facing a very deep internal conflict where like todo se le está viniendo para abajo. Mm -hmm. Everything is coming down on him internally within the walls of uh, Jerusalem and within the walls of the temple, within his advisors and his friends. So, so it was not just externally what is what was going on, but it also internally. It's, it's a two-pronged thing. Okay. Not only was David mm -hmm. currently being under attack yes. by external enemies, like as we know, that this was a culture of war, that there was a lot of different tribes warring for power. We've talked about that on many podcasts before. So not only is David having to defend from external enemies, not only is he having to essentially fight, he's fighting a war on both ends. He's fighting a war inside and he's fighting a war outside. Again, that could be anything. I don't know. Today, you might be going through a situation where you've been working and you're living check to check and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to have yeah. enough to pay rent at the end of this month. But then I just got fired from my job. Like you're facing battles yes. on so many different prongs. Yes. You're like an octopus. You're stretched out in so many different ways. You're worn thin. You're, you're worn thin. And I, I can identify with this is that 
when you're in those moments of desperation and and you're just like, man, there's a lot coming at me, the number one emotion that can typically creep in, and I say this for myself and obviously be honest with all everyone out there, you know, it's anger. Mm. Anger is one of those fresh, like, for me, it manifests like, if if there's a lot of things on my plate and there's just so many things coming at me and I'm yes. just like having a hard time, my initial reaction is frustration. I'm like, ah, you know, maybe some of you guys can identify where when too many things are being thrown at you, you just get mad, you get angry, like, you know, you get frustrated easily. That That's kind of the same posture that David is in here in Psalm 55. We saw in, in the past episodes kind of how he was dealing with sadness and dealing with an internal battle. But here, David is really, truly overwhelmed. It, it, it's a whole different position. That, that context is important as we be, continue to read Psalm 55 because what we see throughout the rest of this, uh, throughout the psalm is it's David pleading to God. It's David pouring himself out. It's David sharing his frustrations. It's David allowing his heart to be completely raw in front of who? The only person he can turn to because of what's going on. He can't turn to his friends because they're speaking against him. They're, uh, there's a conspiracy. They're lying about him. He can't go and turn to I don't know, maybe friends that he has in other tribes or in other parts of the world because he's at war. There, there's all, no one he's family, turn to. his dad, his brothers. There's literally no one yeah. who, who, who he can turn to. And that, that's the context of Psalm 55. So as we continue reading in verse 2, it says, hear me and answer me. We, we read verse 1 where it says he's telling God, don't ignore me. You know, in other words, David is kind of like saying, hey, hey, yo, big man. G-O-D, what's up? I'm right here, bro. Like, do you see what I'm going through? He says in verse two, hear me, answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying. Verse three, because of the threats of the wicked for they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger. <laughs> right there, you see he introduces the word anger, you know, it's it's kind of like a little kid when, when you go up to, I don't know, you're a parent, I'm not a parent, but I, I've seen little kids come up and sometimes when two kids are fighting, they tell them, he did this and oh. he did that. But then they don't realize that what they're saying and what they're doing, like they're telling their parent all angry and frustrated when that's what that same little kid was doing to them, anger and frustration. Yes. It's It's like David is like, He's feeling that emotion now. He's feeling that anger. He's angry because people are angry at him. And so now he's like, hey, I'm directing my anger to, towards God because I'm like, because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats, I'm distraught. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And that's his initial appeal to God. You know, he's, he's essentially saying, hey, big man up top, look at what's going on to me. And, and again, the Bible as a companion, that's a, such a practical tool that we can implement into our lives that when, when we feel like the walls are coming down on us, when we feel like literally I have a presentation due tomorrow at work, but my kid is sick at home and I had to spend all night in the hospital with him dealing with his fever, or maybe I was supposed to go on a vacation to Hawaii and I got hit with COVID and now I'm over here sick dealing with it, whatever it might be, your world can be coming down on you. Here, David's giving us a very practical strategy. Hey, He's saying, 
I'm going to go to him. I'm going to run to the only person who I know is currently available to me. <laughs> That's good. He's not, he's, not, he's not shutting down. Yeah. He's not giving up. He's not throwing in the towel. What he's doing is he's throwing in the towel to tap in to the divine source. He's tapping in. He's saying, I'm done. I, I, look, I'm mad. I'm angry. This is how I feel. How comforting is it to know that we can do that? And especially the way he was approaching God. So he was not approaching God in a sense sort of a posture of, uh, Lord, Lord forgive me. me. I was kind of like, <laughs> he was angry. He was mad. He was like so desperate. A lament. The fact that it's described yeah. as a lament is, is deep. How many, how many times have you come to the Lord with that posture? Anger, mad, uh, frustrated, like you just said, you know. The reality is, though, you know, it's funny you ask that question because if I were to be honest and answer it, maybe not enough. You know, maybe I haven't allowed myself to be that raw with because, again, the concept that we're talking about, mm -hmm. maybe we even put on the mask when we come before God. That's what is going to kind of like, you know, touch about it because sometimes we can come with the mask in front of God. Exactly. Trying to be somebody that we really are not the We're one. essentially trying to convince God of what we're going through. I'm going I, I, to maybe uh, gonna, you know, touch something that sometimes we put a religion in front of God. Wow. We don't come really because he was dealing with a problem. It was internal problem. Now, you know, his anger. And he went straight with that anger to God. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and sometimes, because, oh, I'm kind of like, you know, we come to the Lord, and, but in the inside of us. We're raging. We have a war. We have a war. And sometimes that's, that's the key in David's life, that he went straight. And sometimes, mm -hmm. it, it might sound, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a preacher of the war. You know, sometimes you will, put, you will put it, you know, with the knife. You need to come to the Lord. We're so respectful in this and that. But look at David, the way he was showing up. We sing songs saying, open the eyes of my heart. So nice <laughs> to him. David here had a war going on. Yes. He was fighting a war mm -hmm. externally, fighting a war internally. So he said, let me go now then fight a war spiritually. Let me mm. go fight. Let me, let me, instead of allowing my anger to consume me, let me direct it and purpose it. How, like That's such a practical tool for you guys. You guys can take whatever you're going through. You guys can take whatever you're facing. You guys can take any opposition and come before God. You don't need to hide. You don't need to run. You know, You don't need to feel condemnation or shame. You can run to him. And let's see what happens. Let's see what happens with, da with David's response. This, as, is, this is turning very, as he, very good, very interesting. He goes in verse 4 saying, My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, Oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. Wow. Look at that. David is literally telling God, I'm giving up. I want to give up, God. Not only am I angry, not only am I so frustrated, but my heart is in anguish. 
I've never used that word in a like I've never been like if someone asks you, hey, how are you doing today, man? Hey, honestly, bro, I'm in some deep anguish right now. You don't hear people <laughs> say that. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's right. Hey, I'm you feeling, don't, you don't, I'm feeling super anguished right now, bro. Man, I'd go up to someone and just <laughs> give them a yeah, big hug, hug yeah. and be like, holy snap, yes. what's going on with you, buddy? Like, yeah. talk to me. Talk to me. Let me hear what your anguish is. Imagine that's our response. What do you think God's response is? Mm. Why do you think David is even coming to God in the first place? Why is he saying, I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. He's praying, in other words, for the ability to transport himself. He says, I would run. Run where? Verse 8 says, I would hurry to the place of shelter far from the tempest and the storm. Look at look at David. He was he was he was in the moment with even he he put it this way with terror. Yeah. That's that's a very deep word. Terror. I mean like we see. And one other thing what I've noticed that David is kind of like having that position of escape. And yeah. sometimes they call it in real life fight or flight instincts. Here David's reaction like many of us it, Yes, fly, oh, man. I'm dealing. I don't right, want to deal with that problem right now. I got called out because I was exposed, and I don't want to deal with that. I'm gonna run away instead of facing mm. that and standing there and confront. Or maybe I got caught in fraud and I was stealing money from my company. And instead of owning up to it, you're like, ah, I'm just gonna quit. I'm gonna run away. I'm gonna go somewhere else. You want to flee so many times. It's okay. We're not. We're not pointing a finger at you. We're not judging you. David would not point a finger at you. He would not judge you. He's letting us know yes. how he feels. He, in other words, we're telling you it's okay yes. when these feelings come. Yes. It's okay when you that fight or flight moment of you're just like, man, I feel so many emotions. I'm overwhelmed. I feel terror. You're, it's a natural reaction to want to fly away, to run, to flee, to where? Right there. David says, I would hurry to my place of shelter in other words, a lot of times David is saying here that we'll run back to our comfort zone. We'll run back to the bottle. We'll run back to the drugs. We'll run back to the relationship, to the ex. We'll run back to the emotions. Why? Because it's our instinct. You know, we talked about in other seasons about some of the things that David went through. Just to list a few, he was a murderer, an adulterer. Um, a fornicator. Yeah, he was a lot of things that maybe to the world you'd label him. That's a bad guy. Yeah, but the reality is here that this bad guy labeled to the world was then described as a man after God's own heart. Yeah, why? Because we see what his posture is here. I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and storm. In other words, we see that David is saying. Even I would go back to my old ways. Even wow. I would allow myself to fall. And I like what you said. Um, you know, we we tend, we have the tendency to go back to our comfort zone instead of to be confronted. And maybe some for some of our listeners, maybe for some of you, maybe it's not the drug, it's not the bottle, it's not the cigarette, it's not the drug, but it's different ways. I have experienced that. 
I'm gonna be honest with you. You yeah. know, sometimes when I'm going to some you know travels and things that I don't want to you know kind of like confront it, maybe sometimes I sit down and spend three three hours watching mm. a movie. Procrastination. Wow. Kind of like you know setting my mind or numbing, to a, to numbing stay. yourself. Okay. Oh yes, kind of like trying to medicine my pain yeah. with the movie with something that at the end of the day. I need to confront that. Right. I need to really open myself and, 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 and let that anger, frustration to really be dealt with it. Exactly, because it's his desire. Mm -hmm. He wants to go away from these treacherous and these conniving people, these people that are afflicting him, these people that are, in other words, lying about him because it's a conspiracy. Yes, It's not even true. David knows what is true, and he's like, I'm just going through so much right now that I know it's not true, but I still feel overwhelmed. You might be going through life and you're like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Why is this happening to me? This shouldn't be happening to me. I'm a good person. I'm this, I'm that. But the reality is that those emotions can still settle in how you're saying. Maybe you're not living a life that's quote unquote bad or whatever. You're not a murderer. You're not an adulterer. But the reality is that these emotions can still come in and creep in. Verse 9 continues in Psalm 55 saying, Lord, confuse the wicked, confound their words, for I see violence and strife in the city. He's, he's acknowledging something beyond himself. He's so afflicted because he sees how it's now affecting other people. Not only are the problems is the conspiracy attacking David and hurting David, it's hurting the people that David loves. Yes. It's yeah. hurting his people. It's hurting the city. It's hurting, in other words, his subjugates, the people that are under his kingdom, and he feels for that. You know, how many times have you gone through life where maybe you're struggling with that process of just, you know, redoing or taking off the mask and you see it hurting the people that you care about. You see it pushing. Again, we talked about that separation you see it. Here, verse 9 says, David saw that. I see violence and strife in the city. Verse 10, day and night they prowl about on its walls. Malice and abuse are within it. Uh, verse 11, destructive forces are at work in the city. Threats and lies never leave its streets. That's very what we're living, what we're seeing in the times that we're living. We see all these things in our cities. You know, how David felt that way that his city was under attack. And that's, you will, you, you will see in the other Psalms how those enemies will use, you know, uh, this strategy to really bring David down. Yes. And that, it, it's the same for us. And the reality is that... To, to not alarm anyone or to not be surprised, but you have an adversary out there in the world. You yes. have someone Definitely. who, the reality is we won't give him much credit, but there's a team that's fighting against you. There, there are destructive forces at work against your life. Whether you choose to believe it or not, but they're there. In this world, there is darkness that yes. exists, but the reality is... Yes. That that darkness and that all of these things that come, they bring us down. They they affect us. They they affect our mental state, which then affects our physical state, which then affects our emotional. It's a chain reaction, 
And the reality is that those forces, those enemies that we face, it's not like we're in a eight in a in a big boxing ring with padded gloves and there's a referee and oh, there's no. rounds. No, 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 no. This guy plays dirty. Yes. He, you know, he doesn't play by the, there's no rules, there's no it's dirty. It's like when cuando te metes en la calle, you're in a street fight. You're in a dog fight. So the reality is you cannot expect things to come clean. When, when uh, uh, I was talking with uh, one of my um, brothers in Orselbu, he was put it this way. Uh, he's uh, um, a veteran uh, from the army. He was saying this. He, he kind of like we were talking about with other men. And he said, one of the things, one of the worst enemies, th those are the ones that you're not able to see. The invisible enemies. And because he, he has the mindset of, of a soldier, of something that, you know, yeah. and, and, he, and he was kind of, and we asked, like, what are you talking about? He said, the enemies that you have inside, hmm. the fear, the insecurity, when you're fighting the real enemy outside. And he, he, he was sharing some, some, some experience that he had to really kind of depend on the Lord. Yeah. Because can you imagine facing, you know, time of war? Right. You're, you don't know if you're going to come back. Same but thing that David was facing. You yeah. see? So I don't know how many of listeners I, I know can identify, you know, how they're living right now. And the reality is that we're here to tell you that we are yes. at war. <laughs> yes. You know, like it's it might not be a war that you chose. And the reality is it's not something that any of us chose. But from the day we were born, we were thrust into this conflict we've talked about it many times many, on the podcast yes, yes. what is known as the sin nature this this constant battle you're, you're battling a battle always constantly on two fronts the same way that david was battling a battle not only was he battling the sin nature internally david was fighting enemies internally he was fighting enemies externally you have external enemies who are working to try and take you down but the reality is that if we continue to read let's let's dive in verse 12 says if an enemy were insulting me i could endure it if a foe were rising against me i could hide verse 13 it says but it is you a man like myself my companion my close friend with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked about amongst the worshipers. Wow. In other words, Look at this because he's addressing this specific problem that he's facing, he's saying, look, I'm not weak because I know that if this was an enemy, I know how to fight my enemies. I know how to fight certain because he, battles. Because David was a warrior. Correct. He was a very strategic man. You're a strong individual. You know how to make money. You know how to grind. You know how to hustle. You know how to put food on the table. You know how to, whatever it may be, make ends meet. In other words, is a common term that they have out there. You might know how to go to your job, work a nine to five, work 40 hours a week. And to your coworkers, you're one of the best workers there. But then when you come home every single night, you're battling internally. Mm, wow, wow. You could know because David is saying, The reality is, is if this was a normal enemy, if this was something that I had faced before, I could have overcome it. Yes. But the reality is that there are times in life where you face enemies that you've never seen mm. before. Beautiful. Like, like how your friend was talking about, you yep. face things that you've never dealt with before. That's what David is facing. He's facing treachery. He's saying, but it is you, a man like myself, 
my companion. And remember now here, he's talking in a posture to God. <laughs> Let's remember this. He's, this is a psalm. Yeah. This is a man writing in his book, in his journal, directing himself towards the creator. In other words, David is marking his relationship with God and showing that in the same way that I look at this guy who's marking a conspiracy against me, that's how you see me. We see each other on the same level. The same level, yeah. God saw David as a man after his own heart. David had that same sight of God too. He knew that he was his companion. He uses the word right there in verse 13. A man like myself. In other words, although this book is in the Old Testament, and although David never met Jesus, he was walking under a revelation that we have access to today, which is that this is our companion. Yeah, That this is exactly like us, that Jesus was a man like us, and that if somehow he endured the world, we can endure it as well. Verse 14 says, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God. As we walked about amongst the worshipers, verse 15 says, let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the realm of the dead for evil finds lodging among them. Verse 15 is kind of nasty. It is. Verse 15 is that's, nasty. That's, that's David pretty much. Uh, his emotions. Emotion, the expression of his anger, uh, seeking justice, seeking, you know, a revenge exactly. against his, uh, his enemies. It, it's a retaliation. Yeah. You know, he, he, it's how many times, of course, when you're getting knocked down, you want revenge you because, want because that, that's 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 your first reaction you just said it um you know like those two little kids if they are able to to really fight to put their hands <laughs> they will and i don't know i don't know if you experienced oh that. i have many times maybe one of my my friends who's listening to this podcast i won't name their name but one time <laughs> we got in a fight over a fire truck a fire truck it was a little toy fire truck mm. and i was like nah 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 that's my fire truck and they took my fire truck and started playing with the fire truck. So you know what I did? I took the truck back and I hit them with the truck, mm. a metal truck. Wow. So I inflicted damage on him with what he used to inflict damage on me. Oftentimes, the way in which we w uh, lash out against others or the way we react towards the world or the way we face our problems comes from the same weapon that was used to hurt us. Yeah. It's because uh, the other day I was talking with somebody um, in a counseling, uh, counseling session, and uh, we were talking about anger. And anger is like a, it's like a fire. It's spread from left to right. The problem is how you're going to control it. That's, that's at the end of the day, you know, because that fire, that anger is, is within. And David's not afraid to bring that before God. Again, Beautiful. Such another practical example mm -hmm. of how yes. we see 15 verses in how raw, how, in other words, uncomfortable David is. And he's making that known to God. And he continues for verse 16. He says, as for me, right? This is the big pivot of this whole verse. He's like, okay, okay, okay. Look at all that they've done to me. In other words, it's like a little kid bringing his complaint before his dad. He's like, aquí está mi capricho. This is what happened to me. I'm whining, I'm whining, I'm whining, whining. And now let's see what David has to say. Oh, but now for me, God, 
Let's let's see what his posture is on himself in this anger. He says, as for me, I call to God and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, yesterday, today, tomorrow, August, July, June. He says, evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress and he hears my voice. Look at that. He switched the gears. <laughs> He's writing this. He's, he's, again, David is really crazy as an individual, as a human, because we see him, this right there, that's called faith. Yeah. And you know what, Samuel? I think this is the beauty when we get uh, deep dive into this. Because David, it was not a perfect person. No. David was, even that he was anointed, even that he had a, a calling in his life, he was not perfect. And I think that's that opening. When he opened his heart straight, I'm anger, I'm this. And I wish for my enemies to be like, dead. You know, that's why kind of like God knew David's heart. He was wearing his heart on his sleeve. Yes. He was living honestly. He didn't, he didn't have no mask. <laughs> he was playing. He was the last guy with the mask. Yeah. Even though in this moment he wasn't wearing a mask. It was most likely other things in his life. Because if you think about it, right, the context that he's in, a conspiracy, for in order for there to be a rumor or a conspiracy against you, you kind of have to have given someone a reason to conspire yeah. against you. We don't know. We don't know what David was doing prior up until this point, but we know that someone had enough evidence yes. to raise up claims against his integrity. And also you have to understand that that he had he had enemies. So one of the weapons that the enemy will use is, you know, um talk about you, you know, your get, testimony. Get you to your integrity as an individual, how you see yourself. In other words, your identity is what he will attack. Yes, yes. So that's kind of like the strategy of the enemy. But David says, I call to God and he saves me. Faith. Is he saved in that moment when no. he's writing Psalm 55? No, mm -mm. he's not. But he's saying every single time, verse 16, he says, verse 18 says, he rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me, even though many oppose me. 19 says, God who is enthroned from of old, who does not change, he will hear them and humble them because they have no fear of God. I like, I like the way uh, verse eight, uh, 18, he rescued me unharmed. That's, 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 That's God. That's God's way. He will rescue. You will not get um, harmed. Remember the, uh, the those guys that were in the uh, furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, <laughs> right? Abednego. Yeah. How they came out? Unharmed. <laughs> It's funny how David is reflecting on that promise because the reality is that he has been harmed. Many times when you're harmed, when you're hurt, when you're in your most broken points, when you're in the most crushed of your life when you feel like the rocks are on you it's very hard to imagine yourself restored it's very hard to imagine yourself unharmed when you've been harmed so much when you've been so beaten when you've been so broken but yet here david is reflecting practically in in other words stirring up faith 
calling the things that are not yet seen as if they are seen and saying, although I know that right now I'm not whole and I'm harmed and I'm in a deep desperation as I'm we bleeding. read. My soul is bleeding. I'm so, he says, I'm filled with trembling and mm -hmm. terror. Yeah. He says, God will rescue me unharmed. Meaning God will restore me because that's not my current state. That's not David's current state, but yet David is speaking restoration into his life and saying, no, I will come out unharmed and I will be restored. But look at how he chooses to address it. Even though there's revenge, we see in David's posture, if we read 19, he says, God who is enthroned from of old, who does not change. So he calls to God's consistency. He calls to God's, the firmness, the foundation the fact that God is a firm foundation and says he will hear them and humble them because they have no fear of God. Meaning that in here, David is still extending grace to his enemies because he's acknowledging the fact that what has set them apart is that they lack fear of God. But yet had they feared God, had they showed some even slight turn from their ways, David understands that he would not be the one to judge them. He's calling into the court the ultimate judge. He's calling into the court of the Supreme Court of the one who has been ruling and establishing justice from the dawn of humanity. The court of heaven, he was appealing. He's appealing to the super, to, it sounds mystical. We're it over is, here it making is. it really it weird. Sounds, yeah, but that was David's posture. I mean, now we have to remember that he was angered. He was mad. Verse 20 says, my companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenant. 21 says, his talk is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. Wow. He's, he's adding on to, he's like, hey, God, let me just continue to, to, to I'm angry still. Don't yeah. forget that I'm angry. Because my enemy is like that. He, he's insulting his enemy. You know, he's he's kind of adding a little bit yeah. too much. You know, he, he we see I, that's why I love David though. Le, le pone mucha crema a los tacos. I love David though because yeah. would you not? Oh, definitely. Wouldn't we? Like if you were being bullied and because being he's looking for justice, so he's kind of like adding that. Exactly. Hey, God, he's saying, Lord, he it, it, he's we see how raw and how just again, you know, this emotion that he's dealing with of anger, mm -hmm. of bitterness. He's like God. Mm, I'm biting my teeth right now and yes I know that they're doing this to me but at the end of the day I know that you call me you rescue me but don't forget that he did this you know like he's going like this back and forth yeah. how many times have we do we go back and forth I know I go back and forth with myself so many times like I have to go and take myself for a walk cool off because I'm just like that internal wrestling I want it now I want justice now I'm just like they did this to me and they did that to me and like that like is, little details yeah no? you're like mm, yes god i forgive them but don't forget that they also you know like you even in david's sense we see that internal wrestling and yeah. that internal conflict that hey the reality is that change is uncomfortable and wanting to live a lifestyle in which you are freed from these things in which you are let where the chains are broken it doesn't mean that the chains are broken instantaneously it just means that by the power of god the chains begin to loose the bondages they get loosened yes 
it, it's funny because if you think about that, I don't know if you've ever reflected on that chains being broken versus chains being loosed. Mm. Completely different. Different, yes. Because when the chain is broken, it's immediate. There's an immediate shifting. There's an immediate broke, breaking. When you look at, let's say, like a bike chain and it snaps in half. They get loose. But now let's look at that same bike chain and it says that the anointing loosens mm -hmm. the bondage, meaning that the chain fundamentally starts to deteriorate, starts to break apart, starts to be broken down from its root. A chain that is broken, you put another link and you restore that chain. Mm, I see what you it mean. It can be brought back. Yes. The enemy is very smart it, yes. and he can retaliate on you and even stronger attack you with seven times the force of earlier. And that's kind of like in the New Testament. We see that pattern. There's that pattern and there's a whole different thing that we are exposed mm, to today wow. that's, that's different good. than what they were exposed to back then. Wow, that's, that, that's good. That's really kind of like it, it, it brings the perspective that David had to deal with that stuff. Correct. In order to move forward. He, instead of allowing the chains to be broken in your life, we need to start asking ourselves, how can we allow the chains to be loosened mm -hmm. to the point where they deteriorate, where they decompose to where there's no evidence. There's no way that the enemy will, will hook you up back to the same things, back to the same uh, bad habits, back to the same uh, decisions, things that, wow, that's good. It's deep. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because when we read Psalm 55 and, I'm bringing us into, again, these verses that we bring up. We talked about how Psalms are one of the most quoted verses in the Bible. They're often used as cliches. Mm -hmm. The bookmarks for your Bible that you just put them up on a little magnet, oh, yeah. right? Let's remember here how ugly these past couple minutes that we've been talking about in David's life have been, right? And we know the context of his life. But look at this verse. One of the most famous verses comes out here and says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. One of the most iconic verses, you as a pastor, you know this. Yes, How many yes. times have you maybe used that little quote? Uh, Echa tu carga sobre el Señor. Vamos, hermanos. Come on, brothers. Cast your... I'm a worship leader. Yeah. I've hit that line a lot of times. It, it's, like a, it's like every service. It's like a pump up. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you say that yeah. and it stirs up faith in the room. Cast yes, your... Yes. But look at how David's context, mm. when you start to peel the layers back of the reality of maybe even we've used that verse as a mask. When we haven't really gone in, We've, we like to use 55, 22, but we skipped all of the other verses leading up to 22. We skipped all of the ugly parts where we see David basically being so frustrated and AKA known as pissed off at his enemies. You read 22 and you'd be like, oh, wow, David is such a nice guy, such a, such a little angel. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. Yes. But the reality is that there's like there's human emotion involved in all of this. Some of the most cliched verses are often misinterpreted or the reason why they're not that effective and the reason why they just stay on the magnet and the reason why they stay in the Bible 
and why those same people who own that bookmark and own that magnet are still living in bondage, still living come with on, burden, is because perhaps they've never taken the time to go ahead and read the rest of the psalm mm. or to really allow them to be raw. You cannot cast your cares on the Lord until you've gone and actually casted your cares. David there casted his care in a way that is extremely visceral, in a way that is extremely raw. He said, here's my anger. Here's my frustration. Here's what they've done to me. This is how I feel. He's physically casting all of his cares and what he feels on the Lord. So he pretty much he was talking from experience because what he was he's writing is that cast all cast your cares on the Lord. He he knew what he was talking about. 21 versus Psalm 55, 1 through 21 is him casting his cares. Mm, beautiful, yes, yes. So if you truly need, if we're truly to understand the depth of verse 22, we can't understand how to cast our cares onto the Lord if we haven't read what it looks like to cast it. When you're casting a net, you know, here it's an allusion to a, a fishing reference. A net is heavy. It, I don't know if you've gone and watched YouTube videos. I, well, I encourage you guys because there's a lot of fishing references in the Bible. And they, they, this they are, is yeah. one of them here of casting. I don't know if you've ever gone fishing. Have you ever gone fishing? Uh, one time I went with my friend, but we didn't have... How like, many fish did you catch? No, we, we, we had this big thing. Uh, we were catching the, um, los any, cangrejos. Any, anyway. Los cangrejos. Oh, so you guys were using a box, a yes. crab box. Yes, yes. How many crabs did you catch? Uh, if you're to be honest. Uh, that, that night we, we got like 15. 15 crabs? Yeah. Now I ask you. Were those 15 crabs worth the amount of work that you put in to lift up the box, haul it out of the ocean, take out the crabs, and spend the entire day on the boat for 15 crabs? If you were to ask yourself, was it worth it? <laughs> it was kind of like, well, it, it, we went at night. It was intense. Yes. In other words, the process of casting your cares mm. is not meant to be a light process. No. It's not meant to be a oh man, my hands are nice and pretty and I present myself before the Lord and nope. here nope. I am, God. You, casting requires a price. You need yes. to pay a price to get to yes. cast. Yes. You need to be willing to put in a little bit of elbow grease, get ugly, get dirty because we need to cast our care onto the Lord and that is what will allow him to sustain you. It says he will never let the righteous be shaken to be shaken there's that caveat this word this concept that the reality is that in many circles and maybe this is your first time hearing about this concept of righteousness it's something that isn't at the forefront of um the modern church movement or the modern christianity not a lot of people want to talk about righteousness these days but the new testament says that those who seek and hunger for the lord in righteousness will see his glory and the reality is you need to ask yourself that question today do you want to be sustained do you want to be restored verse 23 says but you god will bring down the wicked into the pit of decay the bloodthirsty and deceitful will not live out half of their days but as for me i trust in you do you want that do you want that assurance? Do you want to live a life trusting in God? 
It's a it's a deep question. It's a question that takes some wrestling. It 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 really causes you to to you, confront yourself when you, you ask you, yourself you can, that. You can answer that question quick, like yes or no. You have to really meditate. You have to really think about it. What would be your answer? What does it look like to really cast your cares onto the Lord? Not just casting the ones that look pretty mm -mm. or the ones that, oh, you're like, man, this one's not that bad, God. I'll, I'll only cast you the ones that aren't that bad. No, 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 no. Here David got ugly. Here David got raw. And he said, God, this is what I'm up against. And this is how I'm casting it to you. Not polished, not wrapped up in a nice little bow, in a beautiful prayer with the worship pads playing in the background <laughs> and, you know, the single tear coming down your eye and the, the cover. With your nice, nice suit. Santo, with the nice don't talk about tie, the suits now. <laughs> with your nice dress, with all your makeup and say, Lord, here it is. Open the eyes. No. <laughs> David is saying, cast your cares. Get mm -hmm. ugly with it. Take the net. Pick up the net that's filled with sliminess of the fishes, of the crabs, the nastiness, the ugliness that has hooks. Because if you look at a net, it's a tool that has been used. You don't fish with a brand new net. Mm -mm. In other words, David is not, this is not the first time he's done this before. When we read the scriptures earlier, it says that I would hurry to my place of shelter meaning that david knows what this process looks like this is something that is not new to david this is a practice that he constantly has to live every single day wow you just hit something that blow my mind right now you just it is it, a process it, it was not just one time act of repentance Because of casting, yeah. Yeah, because sometimes we can we can do it like religious, in a religious way. Oh, I did it. Um, I did it 10 years ago. I, you know, um, forget about everything. It's a process. That's what David is showing that every day we deal with this stuff. And the only way is to cast all or curse. Doesn't matter how you come. You're He's, mad. You're upset. You're uh, bringing unforgiveness. But you bring it to the Lord. He literally says, I call to God and the Lord saves me evening, morning, and noon. I cry out in distress and he hears my voice. Mm. It's a constant process. Yes, it it's, is. It's evening. It's morning. It's noon. It's he did it yesterday. He's doing it today. He had to do it tomorrow and he had to do it for his whole life. It's, it's, we're being drawn and if we can take a moment to zoom out and see and ask ourselves again, Why does this matter? Why do I care about all of this? What does this even mean to me? The reality is that here we get to see a man simply as a man. What we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast, regardless of who you are, regardless of what you believe, regardless of what you think, your blood is red. You have cells. You have a nose. You have two eyes. You have eyebrows. You have hands. Two hands. Maybe not. Sorry. Some of the people out there not to be insensitive <laughs> but the reality is that you can identify with this man who was writing more than 2,000 years ago this is ancient yeah it is but the wisdom of a king is no different than the wisdom of a computer scientist 
working at Google today or different than the wisdom that is available to a janitor working at a school custodian job because that wisdom is right here. This book, this call it what you want, uh, I call it the Bible, the Holy Bible, this beautiful book, is something that is practical, that can be used, that is designed to be walking and living right next to you. It's designed for the words to jump off the page and enter into your life. It's designed for you to, when you say, I cast my burdens onto the Lord while you're sitting there in the bathroom crying because you don't know what happened because maybe you had a miscarriage with your baby or maybe you're there sitting in your car about to take your life and you're saying, I cast my care onto the Lord. It's raw. It's ugly. It's not pretty. It's not polished but the reality is that you don't need that mask you don't need to have it all figured out and all sorted together when you come into him when you cast your care cast it with all it is don't hold it back because we're here to tell you that the moment that you start to cast your cares onto the lord we've experienced it we have felt it in our lives you start to live in freedom and especially remember what jesus said um i was trying to um um, the Holy Spirit was remembered that scripture that said, you know, bring all your cares. Jesus said it, you know, Benito los que están cargados y cansados, and I will give you rest. Jesus said, bring all your cares, and I will give you rest. One thing we need is rest. Rest of what? Of this, you know, fight that is inside of us. That's You're not a, meant to live no, afflicted. No, no, we, we, we need to experience, you know, we talk about uh, in Psalm 23 that the Lord is our shepherd. Right. And one of the benefits that he, he will give you rest. Right. You know, we need the rest of God, especially in the middle of what we live in now. So thank you, Samuel. Uh, wow, this, 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 um, wow, it, it's kind of like I'm trying to, uh, Sa, you know, saboreando me. If Linger. We can say it. Yeah, simmer. I'm tasting the goodness of the word. Because how many times? For me, it's a shocking because how many times we're trying to come nice and beautiful. But David, he came straight raw. Yeah. As you said. Unfiltered. That's it. No masks. No. And one of the things is that the Lord did not reject David. Mm. He saw it in faith that the Lord was going to help him. If you go back and listen to season one of the podcast, you hear about the mighty adventures of David. You mm -hmm. hear about the beautiful, the accomplishments. Yes, there was, there was bad. There was ugly. But there was more good in that man's life than the bad and then the ugly. There was Psalm 55s. But there are other Psalms out there that say, I rejoice in the Lord for he is my strength. I rejoice in the Lord for he is my salvation. We were talking about, potentially talking about Psalm 91. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That starts off saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There are parts within Psalm where we see David at the mountaintop. But the reality is that in my opinion, I feel like there's enough talking from people up at the mountaintops. There's enough. There's there, You guys can go around and find a lot of things to make you feel good. A lot of feel-good stuff. Go, go out there. Just type it in. You'll find it. Trust me. Go listen to a different podcast. You'll get inspired. But I think it's really valuable to see people where they're at, to look at them 
to show them reflections. And this, this, this guy right here, this companion of mine, is helping me day to day see reflections in myself, see ways to be better, poking out the flaws that are in me because that's what makes a system better. That's what leads to innovation. That's what leads to more creativity. That's what leads to more productivity. That's what leads to more efficiency. When you take a system, you break it down and you make it better. You build it back up. You restore it. You polish. You refine. You restore. Deep. Excellent. And, and you don't have to be perfect. That's, that's the beauty of this because you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have everything figured out to come and really open your heart to the Lord because he is the one that he, he's the one that knows us you know he's the one that really know what we need especially when we're dealing with this stuff he's the only one you know how many times you um, you know carry the pain um, against you know your family carrying the pain of and you cannot even go to night and go to sleep but here David is giving us the, the, the keys to unlock, you know, to live a way that will really, you know, have the Bible, have this book as our companion. So ask yourself this week in your, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, we don't know what your situation mm -hmm. might be. We know our situations. Yeah. We know where we're at. But ask yourself, what does it look like for you to cast your burden onto the Lord? What does it really look like for you to give him everything? For you to take the pain of, of that mask and taking it off? It hurts to take the mask off. It might be stuck onto you because you've been wearing it a long time. Maybe it's not. Maybe you're good at every single day renewing yourself, coming before God, and you don't wear a mask. And that's amazing. And this podcast is still for you because yes. it reminds you that his, he is good. He is faithful. He will fulfill and he will supply all your needs and all that you do so long as we come to him in this way. We ask you guys, we love you guys to encourage one another, to continue to ask those hard questions and at the end of the day we're here to tell you guys like we said at the beginning of the podcast we love you guys so much we're so grateful for each and every one of you that choose to listen to the podcast that choose to spend an hour or so of your day spending time with us sharing it's honestly something that to me is a form of me casting my burdens onto the lord you know maybe for those of us listening you guys might be like huh Never thought about it that way, but this for us is a privilege. It's an yeah, honor it to is. get to serve and get to be living and experiencing these things. And it's just an honor. I'm just so grateful that we get to do this. And I'm so grateful for all of you guys listening, being part of the wave, being part of the team, being part of the family. And yeah, we just tell you guys, like we always tell you, stay wavy, y'all. Stay wavy. Manténganse en la ola. We love you guys. Hope you have a nice and blessed weekend. Peace.